chapter five of in search of mademoiselle by george gibbs recording by tony oliva this librivox recording is in the public domain yep the following day we passed up to the city of dieppe and came to anchor in the river of arcs without further mishap i had seen nothing of the spaniard since the night before i could not wonder that he had not chosen to show himself upon the deck if it were true that he had bested all contestants at feats of strength then surely his defeat must have rankled him he had probably no more desire to see me than i had to see him but there was business to be done in the city which concerned him and his exchange for the english hostages my arms and back were so sore with the straining he had given me that it cost many an ache to bend over into the hatchway i felt in worse plight than he for further than showing a cloth about his neck and a certain huskiness in the voice he gave no sign of rough handling he made no move to arise from his stool as i entered the cabin he turned his eyes in my direction looking sullen and angry as any great bull but it was not the imperious look he bore after the sea battle it was rather the eye challenge of one man for another of equal station i marked with pleasure how his eye travelled over me and could barely suppress a smile i had no mind to bring about further trouble but in spite of good intention he took the visit ill the malice he bore me and the hatred i bore him so filled his spirit and mine that there was no place in either for admiration of the prowess of the other so sir said he you must seek to humiliate me further i make offence to no man save that of his own choosing i replied i come upon the matter of your exchange and liberation in a short time i go ashore to settle the terms of your release so we shall be quits to-night you may go as you will without hindrance from my people i shall not leave you sadly sir englishman growled he but mark you this i am no weakling enemy you have basted me fairly but for it all i like you not i hate you for your handsome face your sneaking air and your saintly mien there has been an account opened that cannot be closed until one of us is dead i will not die yet one day you shall fawn at my feet for mercy until the fetters gnaw deep into your hide or the fire eats out your heretic heart they were ill-omened threats his manner was in no way to be mistaken and i was in no humour to be crossed by such as he but seeing no good to come of further conversation i turned upon my heel and walked to the companionway i warn you now he went on as i paused at the foot of the hatch nothing in france can save the sieur de la notte nothing 
not even in dieppe i will seek you fair and i will seek you foul i will take you fair if fairness offers but fair or foul i will meet you when the advantage will not be upon your side and so good-bye sir pirato i heard him laughing hoarsely as i walked up the gangway surely he was not a pleasant person by six o'clock in the evening my arrangements with captain hooper's agent were made in the settlement the spanish prisoners were to be exchanged for certain englishmen and frenchmen in all thirty in number a purchaser found the san cristobal was to be sold forthwith her equivalent in gold being transferred to me for captain hooper at portsmouth it gave me great disappointment that there was no authorized agent of admiral coligny in the town to whom i could turn over in bulk the money in the closet in the cabin the condition of affairs being so uncertain and men so little to be trusted there seemed no other way but to carry this money to coligny myself accordingly i also made arrangements through the agent to have this great treasure converted into jewels that i might convey it the more easily my own seamen save goddard and salvation smith whom i retained were to be set upon a ship sailing for portsmouth in a few days the sieur de la notte and his family were safely removed to rooms in the house of a huguenot who could be trusted to keep counsel for in dieppe though the followers of calvin had assembled in great numbers there was even now danger for noble fugitives in the present condition of matters of state the admiral whose watchful eye seemed to reach all france might do nothing except by subterfuge for his people and there were many at court who bore la notte so fierce a hatred that the aid of coligny was now impossible the house in which the unfortunate nobleman was quartered lay in the rue etienne under the shadow of the new church of st remy the city topped by the frowning hill and battlements of the great chateau lay thickly to the left and down several turnings to the right through the marts of the city was the quay where the tall ships of the house of parmentier had for two generations brought in each twelvemonth the richest products of the east thither on the following evening after my visit to the shipping agent i directed my steps although i had a great treasure about me in jewels and money i was at a loss for a safer place and felt that i might rest secure there until the morrow when a protestant vessel would be sailing for the seine i was going to leave mademoiselle and my heart was heavy diego de bassan was loose in dieppe and though at a disadvantage i did not doubt 
he would waste no time in learning the whereabouts of every sympathizer in town ay and every bravo of his creed who could be hired to do his dirty work as a matter of precaution there came with me job goddard and salvation smith who swung gleefully up from the counting-house and landing-place buffeting aside the staid townsmen and the seamen who were setting the supplies upon the vessels of the fleet of jean ribault which were to sail in a few days to establish the colony in america goddard and smith i sent into a tavern near by the abode of the sieur de la notte with instructions to engage no one in conversation and to await my coming with the strongest admonitions to secrecy i had told them of the jewels about me of my plans and of my suspicions for i wished if anything happened to me that the sieur de la notte should be informed i knew these seamen devoted to my interests and the desire to aid me i fancied had found no cause for abatement since the struggle of the evening before with the spaniard of the things which happened in the cabaret and of which i am about to tell i afterward learned from goddard himself whose resolution was a thing of paper or of iron as he was in or out of his cups he differed from salvation smith for there was no hour drunk or sober in which that stalwart christian would not vigorously assail the strongholds of the devil there seemed to be no tenet of the new religion which he had not at his tongue's obedience and when he and goddard were drunk together the exhortations of salvation would reach a degree of frenzy which for the time silenced even the profanity of his companion quiet of common his talk would then become louder and more forward until there was at last no opportunity for talk from others and as his speech grew louder that of goddard the blasphemer would become more subdued until for a time perhaps but few words none of them of saintly origin came from his lips the torrent of the discourse of smith halted for a moment gained by delay a stronger flow and burst forth more steadily until burnt up at last in the flame of its own enthusiasm yet job goddard would not be denied for long and so ingenious were his powers that his mutterings would at last resolve themselves into combinations of words so new and surprising that salvation smith even was soon agape with something very near to admiration much of this must have happened after i left them in the hostel was a crowd of seamen and broken-down gentlemen the swords of these cavaliers were their only fortune and they were about to sail on the voyage with the huguenot revolt to florida 
many of them as will be seen i came to know and so learned from them also of the things set forth hereafter they were for the most part of a religious inclination though not a few had no more religion in their hearts than goddard they were all reckless and in one last drinking bout were taking leave of home and france the alicant had passed but half a dozen times and goddard had set patiently through a discourse from his companion upon the lives of the martyrs until his flesh and blood could stand it no longer he lifted his pot and in a tone of lusty confidence which might easily have been heard from one end of the room to the other said grinning broadly bad eating and drinking to the spanish jem smith uneasy sleeping and waking for king philip a cross buttock and a broken head for diaro and a good fight at the last for our pains drain it lad you'll never have a better amen said salvation piously and thanks for the victory of the griffin job goddard there was never surer mark of his handiwork than yonder crews when the righteous were uplifted and confusion came to the enemies of his gospels amen again said goddard and be damned to them he rose to his feet and looking around him clattered his pot loudly against the table look ye lads and ye like not barley corn a pot of sack against the chill of the night and if ye cannot drink in english i'll warrant your french throats no less slippery from frog eaten morbleu non said one i am as dry as the main yard of the trinity to the great griffin then said goddard loudly and the good crowns the san cristobal sells for with some for bess and some for we look ye see how they glitter less bright for the black head on em but welcome enough in the tap-room where with a whole heart we can drink confusion to the spanish king and every other sneaking caravan sh said smith in a low voice he had just reason enough to know that they were disobeying orders for the love of god stow your gaff lad there are like as not some of the thumb-screwing whelps even here but the crowd of seamen were amused at the englishman and would not be denied they set their flagons down with a clatter to hear job goddard with the help of one of their number in a bluff and hearty way tell of the taking of the san cristobal the story was strangely interlarded with oaths and devout expressions half french half english but all bearing the mark of approval among the huguenot company who did me the honor to rattle their pots again right merrily at the account of my wrestling bout with the spaniard salvation smith enjoying in his own way the importance of his friend and ally 
who for once had drowned out his own eloquence cast aside all caution and sought to enhance the effect of job's remarks by frequent and timely expressions of approval he walked about smiling broadly causing the pots to be filled as often as they fell half empty so intent was the crowd upon the performance of the seaman goddard and so wrapped up in their drinking bouts that they failed to notice three men who sat at a corner table sipping at their liquor all three listened intently to goddard's tale and once or twice looks of surprise passed between them as it went on they lifted their pots to hide their lips and leaned well forward whispering together then listening to catch the words of the seaman as his tongue unloosed swung merrily in the wind of anecdote after a while when he paused for a moment there was a commotion in another part of the room a slender spark of the company of revolt with a well-worn doublet but wearing a silver earring a nicely trimmed beard and other marks of gentle taste was hoisted upon his legs and sang unsteadily a verse which in english goes somewhat like this here's to every merry lass here's to her who shy sirs here's an overflowing glass to any roguey shy sirs be she sweet or be she scold be her temper warm or cold be she tall or be she small not can we but love her adieu 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 belle marie be she stout or be she lean be she pauper be she queen be she fine or be she jade be she wife or be she maid here's a toast to woman here's a health to woman adieu 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 belle marie the last two lines he sang in a melancholy drawl holding his pot up and looking at it with one eye shut this caused much applause and loud clapping to this he tried to respond with more spirit with a song and chorus which they afterwards sang frequently upon the ships it was very fine and had a martial ring i drink my wine while others pine and toast a lady fair chorus and toast a lady fair and to the eyes of her i prize in catherine's vintage rare chorus in catherine's vintage rare i draw my steel for woe or weal with foemen of my metal chorus with foemen of my metal and teach the white who fears to fight to keep his blade in fettel chorus to keep his blade in fettel when the refrain had died away and the frenchman had dropped back upon his bench 
goddard in a fine spirit of amity jumped again to his feet trying to sing he, he had no more notion of tune than an anchor stock but roared in an ear-splitting way then fill a rousing cup with me for there be naught to pay and drink to women as she be from france to fair cathay he had reached a state of mind in which he cared little enough for king priest or the devil and salvation was in little better part striving to preach a sermon in french of which language he had no notion whatever in the middle of his salty verse goddard was set upon by several of the younger men and lifted bodily upon the table there he stood for a moment swaying awkwardly from one foot to the other blinking at the light which swung to the rafters a foot from his nose then he shouted monsieurs my voice is like the run of the topsail halyard polly's i can't sing and blood and wounds i won't sing parlemore try it again try it again mon ami none monsieurs but by the sacre blue i can keep a giving ye health so long as ye can stand or sit for the matter of that bigre it seems true that this sailor man has a punch like the water duct of saint michel but give us your toast what is it then yes speak out mon brave some of us will understand you diable n'importe what is it ye can comprenez or not but odds bobs nay jim i'll say what i like there may be traitors among us but ventre blue i am a free sailor of queen bess and fear no scut of a spaniard as ever twisted a thumbscrew the marrow bones are the best i kissed the dust this many a time and will again for english and french from this to floridy and back again some of the more timid in the crowd looked around half fearfully and a warning shush came from the throats of some but goddard was not to be daunted he took a swig from his pot and raised his voice ye've started me now and tear me out ye shall ye maidens ye to hell with philip i tell ye why because there is money to be got in spanish ships one day soon jem and me will sprinkle not <laughs> coppers <laughs> Uh, but gold lads why the san cristobal had more gold than you find this side of hesper hades with all your talk of floridy the devil a better berth do we want than the griffin master david devil <laughs> can smell the gold ten leagues at sea and so here's that every french <laughs> captain may have the luck of david devil 
here a wisp of a youth got up drunk and quarrelsome monsieur the sailor he said you speak much of gold you have captured many ships why therefore do we drink sack goddard put his hands to his hips and glared down at the boy first his brows met and he did not know what to say then as the humor struck him he burst into a laugh <laughs> we drink sack because tis good for the entrails of hairy man until you grow a beard me son tis plain enough suet should do for you but twas a fair question we drink sack because we have no gold but wait wait all of ye another day or so and i promise the rarest in france to run down your throats well lads captain sidney killigrew hath upon his person in jewels the finest belt a treasure and all france that he stopped and looked drunkenly from one to another he was dumb with horror at having told the secret of coligny's treasure his hands fell to his sides and the pot dropped to the table and floor breaking another as it fell then something flew through the air crashing into the light and goddard fell to the floor there was a scurry for the door and the strange men who had sat in the corner slipped out into the night and went running down the street as fast as their legs could carry them. End of chapter 5